0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest, a special edition to talk about the two books that he just recently published with Sophia Press. Bishop Schneider, welcome to our show. Thank you. God God, bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Right back at you. Bishop Schneider, we've had several sessions about your book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restoring the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Wow. I have, we've distributed hundreds of copies of this book. I've had everyone say to me, I didn't know that about the Mass. I didn't know the rubrics. I didn't know the the history of the Mass. This is so beautiful. It's helped me understand the Eucharist much better and given me much more of a focus when I go to Holy Mass. We're going to set the stage. We're going to talk a little bit about your book here, but also the latest book that you've put out through Sophia Press, The Springtime That Never Came, Wow, this is Q&A, questions and answers. And I think, Bishop Snyder, you do really well, inspiring us with really, uh, I won't use the word erudite, but it's answers that are very simple, too, but profound. And I thank you for doing that. My my first question to you is, in your book, The Catholic Mass, you talk about addressing an issue that, I, you know, 45, 50 years ago, I experienced as a teenager when it came through that we were going to be able to receive Holy Communion either on the hand or on the tongue, and I was very much like, "Why would anybody want to do that when it's Jesus?" I mean, I didn't get it. And I, you know, I worked with Father Peter Stravinskis with uh, putting out articles showing that this was not a good idea. And you know, I saw that now after so many years the de-Eucharization that went on, many people didn't believe in the real presence. So I, I want you to address that. Can you tell us? Uh, why you talked about communion in the hand as not being a good thing, please?
1: Well, we have to recognize yes. uh, what is Holy Communion. I would even say better not what is Holy Communion, but who is Holy, who is Holy Communion. It's not a thing even not a sacred thing, it is our Lord. So this is the answer, dominus est in Latin, it is the Lord, and with this all is said. So when it is the Lord, when I believe that in this a small piece which is apparently bread, I say apparently bread, it's not bread in no way. It is our Lord only veiled with the appearance of this fragile, weak, small piece of apparent bread and then it is veiling the true body, blood, soul, and divinity the all the majesty of divine the div, divinity
0: yes
1: all the uneffable sacredness of god itself it is truly there <clears throat> and when i believe in this then i have to behave myself accordingly consequently to this my belief. And if my belief is uh, a living uh, belief, aware, a loving belief, then I cannot stand. I must go on my knees before the majesty of God, uh, before whom all the angels and seraphims in heaven, they fall down, not only on their knees, they fall down on their faces, prostrating, as we are reading in the last book of the Holy Scripture in the Revelation of Saint John. And as we witnessed in the Gospel, so oftentimes uh, people uh, knelt down before Christ. And so and then it's logical for me that I, re, I simply open my mouth and receive him in a most sacred manner, in a manner which is different from my daily uh, receiving of common food, yeah. because common food I simply stand sometimes and take. Uh, from the table or from the plate or from my hand something and push myself in my mouth. So this gesture is very common daily, common food. So therefore, when I am receiving uh, the food which is the lot itself, really, not only symbolically, really, substantially and truly, then, uh, the manner which in which I receive has to be different from the common manner to receive common food, and therefore i opening my mouth and I am allowing that the priest is is putting uh, the holy host on my tongue on in, in, into my mouth, such a gesture is not common, it is not daily. It is sacred, it is really another expression because it is not usual and common that adult persons are fed by others like, uh, like infants or babies or when you are a sick person and, and, and handicapped and someone is feeding you. But But in this case, you are healthy and adult And nevertheless, you open your mouth like a baby, like a newborn child, and allow that someone feeds you, not someone, the priest, who is an alter Christus, another Christ, because he has the ordination. He has the indelible mark of priesthood in his soul. He has his hands consecrated. And so he gives you, representing christ in your mouth so imagine if jesus christ would be uh, before your eyes uh, really really bodily alive and our lord will say oh my dear i would like to feed you i love so much you and you say of course my lord please feed me i open my mouth (laughs) it would be it would be an honor for me my lord that you will feed me yourself my god with your hands and putting uh, your body on my in my mouth it is surely i would be more um, happy than than i will take from the palms of my ma- of my hand and put myself in my mouth wow it is more in- it is more intimate and more loving when jesus puts Himself with his holy hands feeds me. And and this is happening during the moment of Holy Communion, because the priest is representing Christ. And therefore, only in extreme cases of necessity, like the persecution or in prisons, lay people can give Holy Communion. But never during Holy Mass. It was absolutely not known and alien to the entire two years tradition of the church in the East and in the West. Never lay people gave communion, In not independently how many people were on during the Mass present. Only the priests, the bishops and priests, and in exceptional cases, the deacons, because they received the holy ordination also. And so you see, the moment of Holy Communion was um, surrounded by the Holy Church, by the bright of Christ during the centuries and millennium, millennia, with such uh, expressions of explicit reverence, care, and devotion and all. And this is so. Evident that I think we we should not so much discuss about this. it's so evident i'm mean, I'm finishing this my answer with a nice story yes, tell us which the love we, stories we, which will um how does I exemplify this Yes I was once in Italy in a parish, and there was a big group of children, maybe eight nine year old who were preparing for First Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. And I gave a small catechesis to the children in Italian, mm-hmm. and then came the idea in my mind to ask the children, oh, dear children, why we should kneel down when we are receiving Holy Communion? What you sing, Why? And then one boy lifted up his hand and shouted, in Italian because it is Jesus.
0: <laughs> he
1: got it. Perché è Gesù in italiano. And this was the entire answer this child for eight year old boy said with conviction shouted out because it is Jesus. And so this was sufficient answer and I was so moved by this answer and after I was reflecting and saying when I would um, ask priests and bishops and yes. cardinals yes. why we should kneel down before Jesus, they will ask me to, to, they will one hour to explanation of them, one hour to explain them.
0: Wow, Bishop Snyder, thank you for that story. Man, I love stories like that. You've got another one in your book about a, a 12-year-old boy. Uh, you want to get the book, go to vmpr.org to
2: receive it. We'll be back. Stay with us Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Bishop Snyder is our guest I want to mention on page 289, this is a teaser for everyone. You like that story that Bishop Snyder just mentioned about a little boy in Italy? Well, he's even got a better one on page 289 about a little manual. You'll want to hear that. But go to our website, uh, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, and you can pick it up. Or you can call us at 800-526-2151. I keep both of these books in stock because I want people to get them. Bishop Snyder, before we move on to this next question, one of our listeners has asked me a question because I know you're with the, you're a member of the Opus Angelorum, the work of the holy angels, and you constantly are encouraging people, as I do, to get close to their guardian angel and even make a consecration to the guardian angel and even to all the angels. And the question comes up that uh, people ask me is, is this theologically sound? Many of my Orthodox, and I mean good Catholic men, and women who say, oh, yeah, you know, we love the traditional mass. We love her. But this thing about consecration to your guardian angel, I think you can only do it to the Blessed Mother or to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. What do you say to them?
1: Well, First, um, it's the same question. Basically, the modernist theology, theologians gave uh, their objections against the consecration to Our Lady. Uh, this is because they said we can only be consecrated to God. And not to a creature, yep. even Our lady, she is the mother of god and but she is she remains a creature, not she is not a god, and so the same arguments uh, there are theologians who reject even the consecration to Our lady because of you can only be consecrated, they say uh, to God himself as the creator your and your God, but this is not. Correct, because the church in her uh, long praxis of devotion encouraged the consecration to a creature, in this case to Our Lady, to Mary, to to the Virgin Mary. Yes. Because of her closeness to God and her her mission to to lead us always to Christ. Mm as this is the basic argument of St. Louis-Marie Grignon de Montfort and the Church uh, approved his writings and canonized him. Mm-hmm. And he explained that you can be even consecrated to a to a creature, in this case to the Virgin Mary, as I repeat, because of her, the meaning of the consecration, that this will be a means That Our Lady, you will be closer spiritually to Our Lady, of course she is our mother also, spiritual mother, but also that she, through this act of spiritual closeness and consecration to her, that you will be deeper consecrated to Christ and to God. So this, the meaning is to be deeper consecrated to God, to Christ, the same principle is to be applied for example to the consecration to St Joseph he is also a creature
0: right.
1: and St Joseph consecrations are common even in the past times they were used in with the same argument as St Saint, Saint Louis Marie Grignon de Montfort because St Joseph was so close so close to Jesus the incarnate god and that he, when we consecrate ourselves to St. Joseph, we are closer in some uh, bonds with St. Joseph, and he can, can better transmit us his protection and uh, can better uh, guide us also to uh, Christ. And the same, the guardian angel, it is your closer, closest representative of God on your side, and his task is only to guide you closer to God, the guardian angel. And so it is the same logic, therefore possible, to be consecrated to your guardian angel. And Saint Therese of the child of Jesus, she made a consecration to the guardian angel when she was a child. She was in the school of the Benedictine sisters, and there uh, in Lisieux, she made with uh, the other girls of her class when she was nine-year-old, she made a public consecration to the guardian angel. It was common in those times in the 19th centuries in schools uh, guided by uh, religious sisters, and there were a con- um, association of in honor of the holy angels, guardian angels, So it is not a new, completely new thing. And therefore, the Opus Angelorum promotes the consecration to the guardian angels in the same uh, tradition as it was before in the Church. And besides, the congregation of Doctrine of Faith examined and approved the formula of the consecration to the guardian angels and then to all the angels of the Opus Angelorum expressly the congregation of of the doctrine of faith in 2000 in the year 2000 examined and approved as theological sound so we have not to discuss again when the holy see uh, after examination approved the formula of the consecration and i repeat there was already in the church a tradition to do this
0: Beautiful answer. And if people want to go to www.opusangelorum.org, or if you want to call them at 330-969-9900, I'll repeat that number, 330-969-9900. Thank you for that answer. Bishop Snyder, your book, uh, The Catholic Mass and The Springtime That Never Came, are available at vmpr.org. They can get it right online. But I want to ask you something because we talked about the holy eucharist and you gave a beautiful answer about communion only on the tongue why that is so much better and i agree with that but we've we here in the church us lay people especially are are stressed many times because we see scandals in the church and um you know here in america we have the speaker of the house nancy pelosi who's baptized catholic archbishop cordialione Uh, Told her she cannot receive holy communion because she's promoting the killing of unborn babies, and not just promoting it. I mean, she's really promoting it, and she thinks that she can still be a good Catholic and promote killing of innocent life. And the Archbishop, thanks be to God, said no, that's not the case. And many other bishops, Bishop Snyder, excuse me, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and others around the country said no, she can't receive in my uh diocese either but just this week she received holy communion in rome at a papal mass and uh, visited the pope and we as lay people go something's wrong here and i hear people say to me i'm so stressed over that it upsets me and i said don't be upset make reparation but i want to hear from you as a bishop when you see these things you know it must hurt you but but we as lay people say This isn't right. But, you know, there's nothing we can do other than, I think, make reparation and pray and stay focused on Jesus and don't get too sidetracked on some of the scandals in the church. What do you say?
1: Thank you for your answer because I am agreeing with you. I would also say first what we have to do Mm. when we state uh, such horrible things Mm. in the sanctuary of the church— we have to do reparation as first reaction to console our Lord, who is so horribly outraged in this holy sacrament with this objectively uh, um, sacrilegious act which this lady performed in the most holy place of Christ, of the Christianity, in the Basilica of St. Peter, in the presence of the Pope. He was present. He did not give himself the Holy Communion, thanks be to God, but he was present. I mean, and and to such a person who publicly, as you repeated, advocates and promotes the horrible killing of innocent children, unborn children, it's incredible. The first um, who is getting disadvantage is not as not we. Even so we are suffering because we are suffering because of Jesus Christ, we we love Him in the Eucharist, we love Him, and therefore we are suffering that He is so uh, in this case uh, outraged and, uh, and with this blasphemy and sacrilegious acts. This can only provoke in us a suffering because we believe and we love Him, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. So, that this is the first reaction, but also uh, who is getting the most um, <coughs> negative impact and consequences of this act is she himself, Mrs. Pelosi. She is the poorest one in all these horrible scenario of this sacrilegious communion. She is the most whom we have to have pity of her soul, because she is consciously, uh, stubbornly eating her judgment. Imagine wow. what this poor lady will answer mm. before the judgment of Christ. It is frightening, it's scaring. Yeah. And therefore, we have to have pity, uh, compassion with her soul. Yeah. And she is damaging herself so much. And those in the church, in this case, in the Vatican, who permitted these or who did nothing to prevent these, even she was there, they could prevent. And after they should the Vatican release a, a strong statement of condemning this act, they did not this. And therefore, those in the Vatican they are culpable. They have the guilt to damage this soul, to push her farther, f- further from God, to push this soul of Pelosi closer to damnation, to a possible damnation, to to do their her personal judgment before Christ more horrible. And who is he responsible? More responsible the churchman in the Vatican, ultimately the Pope who is doing nothing in this case, and he is seeing as like this soul is going consciously and publicly to her perdition, to her uh, condemnation, this is incredible. Then um, And then other, uh, the other case is that with this, permission de facto and silent and without n- nothing saying the Vatican the Holy See and the Pope are in this case um, approving this this act this is very grave so we have to make different acts of reparation also not only for Pelosi but also for those in the Vatican who permits this
0: well for said. the Pope Don't forget the angel's pardon prayer that we pray from Our Lady of Fatima and also the angel's Eucharistic prayer of reparation. You can get that online. Stay with us, family.
2: We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest. We're talking about his his two books, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restoring the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. I would encourage you to pick up the book, man. The Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian faith. That's what our church teaches. And I my heart goes out to people who go to Mass without understanding what takes place on that altar. This book will help you have a greater love for Jesus and the Eucharist, and also for Holy Mass. Now, Bishop Snyder, you have a second book that just came out recently, "The Springtime That Never Came." Can you kind of introduce us to that book and what what how did that What's the genesis of that book? How did it come about? So
1: this is this was not my idea. <laughs> To do, this, to do this book. Okay. As, so it was not my idea to do the first book, Christus Vinci, oh, yeah. the book-length interview with Diane Montagna. Sure. But, um, but two years ago, after uh, my book was published, the first book, the Christus Winshit, they uh, addressed me, a Polish Catholic journalist, a very solid, yep. serious, Paweł Liszczycki, Mm -hmm. And he read my book, Christus Vincit, and he was um, very interested on the topics there. Yes, And he asked me to to make a kind of continuation and deepening some topics which were discussed in the Christus Vincit book. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to agree to do a, a kind of following continuation book on this Christus Vincit. And so I agreed, and so there were some topics which were deepened or even additionally added new topics. And so it was this, uh, how came out, this, my second book, a
0: book-length interview. Wonderful. Now, that book does cover the issue of the um, extraordinary or Trinitine Mass question about Back on July 16th, the feast of Our Lady of, of um, Mount, Car- Mount Carmel. If I recall, that was last year when the Pope came out with his document on saying that there's going to be a limited uh, re- reasoning for using the Trinitine Mass. And then just recently, now this isn't in the book, but the Holy Father came out with publishing a 15-page letter uh, laying out further context for why he would like to see um, the extraordinary form of the Trinitine Mass not be celebrated, which frustrates a a layman like me. I I go to the Anglican Ordinariate Mass here at our chapel, which is very similar to a Trinitine Mass, but it's in English. And I do go to uh, a Melkite Rite Mass here at our chapel for St. Charbel's Feast Days every month. So, I mean, I like the richness of the liturgies. And, And I also go to a Novus Ordo Mass in Latin, Ad Orientum, and it's beautiful. So I love these expressions. So I just wanted to ask you this last 15-page document. The Holy Father says, I do not see how it is possible to say that one recognizes the validity of the Second Vatican Council, though it amazes me that a Catholic might presume to do so, and at the same time not accept the liturgical reforms born out of the Second Vatican Council. I myself, as a layman, go, really? Really? You don't understand? I accept the Vatican Council documents? I I embrace that. Okay. I I understand that, but I also appreciate the traditions of the church on the, when it comes to the liturgy. What what's your take on on uh, you know this issue of the the Trinitine Mass having its uh, you know I know you answered this in the book, but the restrictions that are being made on it seems unreasonable as from a lay perspective.
1: Uh, of course, uh, but this is for me an attack on the tradition itself mm-hmm. of the church and um ideal ideological i see it is um, unfortunately sadly the yeah. pope used such a long document ultimately to give to give a stroke uh, and a condemnation substantially to what the church did yeah during not only decades not Only centuries, yes. But how the Church prayed and celebrated during a millennium at least, yes. Because the so-called Tridentine Mass—it's not the Tridentine Mass—it because we have a missal printed hundred years before the reform of Tridentine Mass, and it was the same Holy Mass, wow, exactly Mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm the same order of the mass only yeah. the missal, the the missile the book was another changed or renewed with with different prefaces and saints and calendar and so yeah. but not the the order of mass was not changed yes no pope dared to change this right because the tridentine council or the pope pius v only uh, codified the tradition because in those times it was a chaos in liturgy and so he said we will follow this traditional mass which the Roman church kept since centuries before the Tridentine council so you know and so we have texts uh, and manuscripts of the order of mass from the 12th and 13th century with exactly the same Form to celebrate the Holy Mass as now the, the so-called Tridentine Mass or the extraordinary form. Yeah. You see, this is a long period, and the Church could not have something done harmful or detrimental for your faith or for your liturgical spirituality during one millennium. Right. It is impossible. Right. And for I prefer to be with the popes and the saints. Uh, of the during one millennium, rather than with one pope only, Francis, who is condemning all the rest of, of his predecessors and all the saints yeah. who were celebrating and appreciating this mass. And when something is objectively good, yes. you cannot declare this that yeah. to, to, today it is bad or or it is harmful. Yeah. So there have to be at least. Um, a plurality, a tolerance, yeah. I would say to Pope Francis. Yeah. There can be a reformed mass, but be tolerant and respect what your predecessor celebrated sure. and leave this. The Holy Ghost is guiding to the church. Do not do not be afraid of this tradition. And this is the impression that Pope Francis and his entourage, they are afraid, yeah. scared. We have to, we have to abolish this, We have to destroy these, and this is not the attitude of a true spirit of the constant sense and meaning of the church. And so, and another f- f- historical fact, simply this is an error mm-hmm. of Francis and his entourage and many priests and bishops, because our uh, current Novus Ordo Mass. Mm-hmm. It's not the mass of Vatican II in no way.
0: That's correct. I because, agree.
1: Yep. because there is not the text of the Vatican document of the Vatican Council is only a a frame uh, document, only the frames, the the, the general uh, ideas, but not there is there is no indications uh, concretely how to reform the mass. Nothing there. It's only a, a general principles of liturgy and the so-called vatican ii mass is not the current novice order but the mass of 65 that's right and and the people are forgetting this and and it was uh, published, published in the church in the beginning of 65 still during the council and the council fathers when they returned to the last session in in september 65 they started to celebrate the second Vatican mass, this from 65, and this was quite uh, no reforms. It was very careful mm-hmm. and only small, some small things were changed and the mainly change was the language that uh, the mass could, cele- could be celebrated from the beginning until the preface in the vernacular language. This was the most visible change but the structure of the Mass was almost not touched. And therefore, the 65 Mass is the Vatican II Mass. Amen. And Monsignor Lefebvre yes. accepted this and welcomed this reform. Yeah. And he himself and Econ, the, the Society of Pius X, they celebrated in the beginning five years of their existence publicly, only the 65 Mass, but two, yes. Because this was very close to the sure. previous form of the Mass, almost with, with very little changes. And so this is a fact. And therefore, I re- and then uh, uh, 67, two years after the Council, there was the first Bishop's Synod in Rome. And uh, Monsignor Bugnini, the secretary of the Committee of Reform of the Mass, presented to the uh, Synod Fathers these Novus Ordo Mass, which we now have as a as a draft, as a project, and even he made a a celebration, an experimentum, and the majority of the bishops in Rome. In sixty-seven, yeah. two years after the council, all the almost all these bishops were members of the council sure. because this only past two years, and the majority rejected this mass as not fitting; it's not corresponding to the intention of the Second Vatican Council. They rejected this in sixty-seven, Man. and the same, not nevertheless. They rejected this. Paul the Sixth, two years later in 69, imposed to the entire Church this form, which was rejected by the Fathers of the Second Vatican Council substantially.
0: Bishop Schneider, thank you for setting the record straight. Uh, Abbot Boniface Luci said the same thing in a three-hour interview back in the 90s. He was the last Vatican Council. Paritas alive and I interviewed him for three hours and he said exactly the same that you said and if people want to get that recording go to vmpr.org or call us at 877 2151 get Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book by going to vmpr.org both of his books are available
2: we'll be right back stay with us family welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Thank you so much. We've got a special edition with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, his book, The Springtime That Never Came, and also The Catholic Mass. Both of them are on the screen. You can pick both of those up. You can get them from vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. Sophia Press is the publisher uh, this is Clarity and Charity being presented by our bishop here. Uh, bishop, uh, Bishop. I keep calling you Bishop Strickland because I do a show with him every week. Bishop Snyder, on page 152 of your book, The Springtime That Never Came, I found this answer to the question about bishops. And I think a lot of lay people have this question. It says, you know, why, you know, the springtime, you mentioned that so many bishops have not condemned homosexuality, abortion. Can you tell us, what in your book, what's the explanation of why we're not getting such uh, clarity right now when these issues are being brought through our culture? It's like, who's influencing who? The culture or the church? So why aren't our leaders speaking out on this?
1: I think that these bishops, uh, they are more fearing the world than God. and And so they are more Uh, concerned with their own temporal career and well-being rather than with the salvation of their own soul firstly and for the salvation of the souls of those people who are committing such uh, horrible crimes, Mm -hmm. objectively. I mean, the acts which are offending God as homosexuality and abortion. And so... Uh, I think that they are following, not following what St. Athanasius, the great bishop and saint of the 4th century, wrote once to one of his friends, bishops, uh, who was ordained bishop, he wrote him, it is not fitting that we bishops serve the time. We have to serve the Lord. Amen. So, and so I think these bishops, they are serving the time and forgetting to serve the Lord and uh, therefore they are swimming with the current and shouting with the wolves together because of these uh, reasons which I mentioned, but we have to be real. Uh, not only named successors of the apostles, the bishops, but to be really successors of the apostles in our behavior. And as St. Peter, St. Paul, and St. John, all the apostles which we know reacted without fear yeah. and uh, not fearing nor the, the Jewish establishment, not fearing... The Roman authorities and speaking with dignity, but clarity and um, uh, fearlessness, the entire truth of God. So St. Paul said, wrote, I uh, did not uh, recuse to preach you the entire law of God the entire truth of God. I did not uh, avoid to preach you. I preached you the entire truth of God. And so in season and, and not season, we have to preach this as bishops, and this will be uh, the first de- demanded and uh, question of our Lord, when we will appear before his judgment, we bishops. Mm-hmm. How did you, Confess me and my truth before the eyes of the world, of the powerful of the world. How did you care of your flock? Did you simply uh, left your flock to be seduced by the wolves? And so this will be a question, a very important, and this will be. And so I'm very also concerned with the soul of those, my brothers, yeah. Yeah. The Episcopate, who, who are simply uh, conformists and swimming with the current for their own temporal honor or career or personal advantages. We have to pray for them yeah. and to yeah. implore the Lord to send us, again, courageous popes who will Appoint courageous bishops and cardinals who will profess the faith and who will be act and speak like true uh, uh, successors of the apostles.
0: Well said. I wanted to get into priestly celibacy and the Gnostic issues, but I want to just give take a tick of time to encourage people to pick up the springtime that never came. We are carrying it here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can call 877 I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Uh, um, Alfredo Cardinal Baca, but he died in 71. He was one of the cardinals during the Vatican Council. Bishop Snyder, I want to take, he had a prayer that he prayed that I thought was so apropos for what you're doing and sharing the faith. He said, the saints are the only people who remain calm and undisturbed in the midst of worldly adversity he said they are always content because they live in god they this is so beautiful their lives are full of conformity with his will guided by his love and dedicated to his service as a result they live in a kind of spiritual stratosphere far above the storms of this world they uh, uh, excuse me there they they are above the clouds of pride ambition avarice and all other major vices Uh, there they see and contemplate everything in the light of God and then he says let us become saints then we shall have solved all the problems of life your thoughts on that prayer
1: yes it's all already a program for us all uh, for the lay people yes for the bishops to strive for holiness and and holiness is the first task of every Christian Mm -hmm. and the more of a priest and a bishop and a pope. And so we have to, and holiness is a deepest union, a life in union with God, a personal, uh, conscious, supernatural union of love with, with God. And so, and doing ever more better his holy will. Yes And to imitate Christ, so this is holiness is imitation of Christ to be united with Christ and to 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 try to imitate uh, the example of our divine Master of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: well said, and I always say the unemployment rate for our guardian angels is way too high because that's his job to get us to heaven, and that brought brings us right back to earlier in the show when we talked about. Why consecration to your angel is so important in living this holy life, Bishop Snyder? I, if we just have a couple minutes uh, before I ask you to give us a blessing to our radio audience, I just want to re- re- ask our listeners to pray for you. Okay, you pray for us, but we want to pray for bishops like you and Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland and others, Bishop. Uh, Archbishop Cordeleon, and all these bishops that we know who are standing up for the truth in spite of persecution. I mean, many of these bishops who are speaking up are being told to shut up. I'm sorry, I'm going to be honest with you, I really mean that. They're told, knock it down, stop stop doing this. And I just want to say thank you for speaking with clarity and charity the perennial teachings of the church and not compromising on any of these issues. Cause this is what we as lay people are expecting out of you as a successor of the apostle to give us the perennial teachings of the church. So if I could be so good and before I ask for the blessing, I want to remind everybody, the two books that everyone, every Catholic, I'm going to be this Eucharistic apostle. Why? Because they, it's the the Eucharist. It's the source and summit. I started going to daily mass when I was 14 years old, and I'm 65 now, and it's and it's the greatest thing anybody can do. But you need to know what is going on at the mass. And I'm going to say that this book, The Catholic Mass by Bishop Snyder, is the best book I've ever read on understanding the history of the mass and what takes place on the altar. Also, the springtime that never came. We'll do another interview on more questions that came there. But these are questions that lots of lay people are looking to ask that question of of, uh, the faith, and they want clarity with charity. So if I could be so bold to ask you, Bishop Snyder, to give us a blessing to our listeners, I would appreciate that.
1: Yes. Uh, Today we have started uh, the month of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yes the first of July, we will venerate the precious blood, invoke the precious blood for reparation of all the horrible sins, first of abortion, and then against the Holy Eucharist, and and then invoke the precious blood for the Pope, for his soul, for his mind, and for the bishops. Dominus vobiscum et et benedictio de Omnipotentis Patris et fili et spiritus sancti descendat super vos et maniat semper amen okay. praise be Jesus
0: Christ now and forever and bishop Snyder, i thank you and i we mentioned about reparation it's the angels eucharistic prayer and here's what it says most holy trinity and you can pick this up on the internet everybody most holy trinity father son and holy spirit i adore you profoundly i offer you the most precious Body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrageous, sacrilegious, and indifference with which He Himself is offended. And through the infinite merits of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg you the conversion of poor sinners. What a beautiful prayer to pray often! You can get it from the Opus Angelorum. It's a little prayer card here. Also, Three times, say that prayer three times at the angel's pardon prayer. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. See, this is what Our Lady said. And Bishop Snyder, I know you know this. Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. We see all kinds of problems in the church and in the world. Keep your seatbelt on. With the seatbelt of our Catholic faith And pray and make reparation And stay close to Jesus and the sacraments As Jesse and myself Always say uh, Hey what state should we be living in Not where Bishop Snyder is in Castleston. No the state of grace That's the state everyone needs to be living in So we need to do that by If it's been over 30 days from going to confession Get in the box Go to confession It's good for the soul I want to thank Bishop Snyder for his time and helping us find Jesus in the Eucharist and in the Holy Mass. And I want to encourage people to go to vmpr.org. Pick up those two books, The Catholic Mass and also The Springtime That Never Came, or call us at 877-526-2151. Thank you for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. What's our mission? To get you to heaven. How? Through our Catholic faith. It's only through our Catholic faith no other person in jesus christ may god richly bless you and your family and thanks for going to vmpr and becoming a, a donor to help us spread the catholic faith again uh life is short eternity is forever remember that because hey what else is there be a saint god love you